0: Hi. Hi. How are you, Nikki?
1: (laughs) I'm good.
0: Um, So my name is James Longoria. This is my friend...
1: Nikki Munkata.
0: Nikki Munkata. And uh, we both um, are Catholics. I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic too. Born and raised. Born and raised. And uh, we uh, are here to talk about Catholic stuff and life stuff and really just stuff stuff.
1: Stuff. All the stuff.
0: So this is the, this is the late to church podcast. Um, This is probably the first time you're tuning in because this is the first time we've ever done this. (laughs) So, um, and I got to not say stuff like tuning in because it's a podcast. We're not on the radio.
1: What do you do then?
0: I think you say listening listening, or joining us or something more professional than tuning in. I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the word is either. It's okay. Downloading. Downloading. First time you're downloading. We should invent a word. you have to
1: download, right?
0: Yes. I mean, I, your computer does all the work at this point. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, okay. Um, so uh, you're, we're <laughs> downloading. <laughs> That's this the first, the first time, time you're, you're downloading. downloading. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we want to say welcome. And we also want to say that uh, if you... Um, are looking for a podcast that is going to make you the a number one rock star in your church? This is probably not it. Not the not the one. Not the one. I know. No. Um, we're we're actually um, going to be talking about life. Maybe if you're on the fringes of your faith. Yeah, yeah. I
1: like the word ragamuffin has been bubbling up.
0: Ragamuffin, a little
1: ragamuffin. What is that?
0: I've heard the word, but I don't know that I've ever. Fringy.
1: Fringy. Um, yeah, comes from my uh, Rich Mullins old recording artist. Um, Christian who uh had the Ragamuffin band and just kind of thrived in um bringing the gospel to the periphery. Okay.
0: Okay. And that's that's our goal here, right? Yeah. Is we want to bring the gospel to the periphery. So yeah. um it's called the Late to Church podcast because both of us have experienced being late to church uh yeah. in a lot of different ways um in the most practical way like literally 10 minutes late, late every Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and that's a thing that I think a lot of folks who consider themselves um, practicing Catholics or Christians, mm-hmm. uh, really struggle with, right. It's just kind of this balance of life and faith. Um, so we're going to talk about where life and faith intersect. And maybe if you haven't, um, if you haven't gotten to a place in your uh, relationship with God where you feel like things are really connecting, uh, and things are really kind of making a difference in your life, um, then this might be the podcast for you. Um, and for no other reason than we're all kind of in this together, and we're going to talk about the things in life um, that cause that kind of distance and separation from God. Is that is
1: That that sounds like what I think we're going to talk about. Okay,
0: that sounds great. Yeah. Awesome.
1: I feel like we're like um, the podcast for the everyday Catholic.
0: Podcast for the Not
1: everyday for Catholic. Not for the... Um, knows all the rules and does all the things. Okay. Cause there are, there are podcasts for them.
0: Yeah. And they're, and they're great and they're great. Podcasts they really are. They really I learned place. from them. Me too. Me too. Um, that's not to say that the, we wouldn't love it if the Pope came on our podcast. If
1: the Pope came on our podcast, that would be really, really cool. um, I feel like he, he's a Pope who speaks to the ragamuffins. I think so too. And the fringes.
0: I think so too. Do you think if he came on the podcast, we would talk about like Popey churchy things? Or do you think, I don't,
1: I don't know. I don't think I, I feel like more life stuff. I I would want to talk more life stuff. I have
0: like really silly questions for the Pope. This Uh is a real thing. Like,
1: like favorite food. Like, yeah.
0: Do you play a sport? Like things like that, that make the Pope like very human. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like when JP two, uh, Pope Saint John Paul II, or Pope Saint John Paul the yes. Great, uh, was Pope uh, in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. That that was a big thing. Like we got mm-hmm. to kind of see him being a regular person a lot. Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's been maybe that's been dialed back uh, since since his passing. I don't know. I don't know if that's mm. like a thing that the popes really have much control over. Uh, but I feel like he yeah. was very. Like he wanted to be out there going skiing Amongst with, the people. with kids, right? Yeah. Like you see all those pictures of him and things like that. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. when we live with each other and in relationship, it helps for us to, um, to share the gospel in a real tangible way, mm-hmm. as opposed to just a book way or a classroom way. Yeah. And ministry so, way.
0: It, exactly. And that, that, um, and that again, brings us back to our theme, that, that kind of tangible way of how do we connect with God yeah. is, uh, is really going to be what we talk about a lot. That was Nikki's chair. <laughs> Um, like I said, this is Thank the first time we've done this. So, <laughs> for um, announcing that. we are, uh, we are at St. Vincent de Paul Parish in North Austin, Texas. Mm. Um, and, uh, we're in the library, which doesn't have <laughs> any books in it. Um, it's full of crosses, there are lots of crosses, there are lots of crosses. And, and it's beautiful. Bears. It's beautiful. There is a section of panda bears on a shelf. I feel like people just, we just lost There's the going to need to
1: be a, a photo attached.
0: Yes. Well, we have an Instagram now, <gasps> We
1: have so an Instagram. people can follow
0: us on Instagram. You can be our first follower. Um, it is at late to church podcast. Um, and we'll repeat that several times. And also, if you want to get in touch with us for any reason, it's late to church podcast at gmail.com you can tell we listen to a lot well, of podcasts. Look
1: at you just moving right on and with the handles. I'm trying. Flowing. Thank it's you. Beautiful.
0: I'm trying. I'm, I, this banter we're having is pretty great. I appreciate great. it. Okay. Um, so we've been, uh, in your ear for about six minutes now, and we haven't really said anything of any kind of importance. <laughs> so we're going to try to reel you back in, um, here. In. Um, one of the things that we sat down and, uh, talked about, we've had a few meetings about what we wanted to discuss. And one of the things that kept coming up um was this idea of uh of encounter. And have those of us, uh those of you whoever that are quote unquote on the fringes or or maybe don't feel super connected uh Mm -hmm. in your faith or maybe connected to your faith community. That's also a big part of it. Um do you feel like you have encountered really deeply encountered God in your life? Um would you be able to articulate that right? And Mm And, um, have you been able to share, if so, um, have you been able to share that encounter with anybody? Is it something that, um, continues to kind of feed you? And I think, uh, the answer, uh, for a lot of those, uh, fringe or everyday or whatever Catholics Christians is no, um, right. they're, they're, and that's speaking anecdotally. I work with teenagers. It's, you know, it's tough, uh, to, um, to kind of, you know, to, 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 to gauge where they're at sometimes, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do think that's a very common thing that we see is that people haven't necessarily, um, encountered Jesus in a really radical way. Um, so we're going to talk about encounter today and what it means to encounter God for the rest of us. Yes. And if you haven't encountered God, we want you to know that it's totally okay.
1: It's okay. And it's possible and he's always pursuing us.
0: Exactly. Um, do you want to go first? You want me to go first?
1: Uh you go first.
0: Okay. Um I'll go first. We're going to talk about encounter. Um so I am um I'm a person who uh I guess I'm a little bit of an introvert uh, most of the time. Um and I am someone who I like to I'm an only child so I like to figure things out by myself. Um and I like to work on things by myself and to have um even my relationship with God like be kept to myself. Mm. And for a long time, even after I was, um, even after I was working, uh, in youth ministry, I didn't realize that, um, the, the community, uh, whether it's at a particular church or parish that I was serving at, or, or, uh, even just my home parish, uh, you know, here in Texas, um, I didn't realize how important, how fundamental that community piece was mm. to the encounter. Right. And so, um, I would often really dismiss that. I would often really dismiss um, that I had to have, um, or, or maybe that God wanted me to have this faith family uh, in order to experience Him, right? Um, my, my parents divorced when I was 17. I went through a, a really tough time of just kind of um, really pulling away from anything that, that uh, encouraged me to be vulnerable in any way, right? So um, that included... Um, even things as simple as like just showing up to mass on Sundays, I would go and I can remember standing in the back of the church being 17 or 18 and feeling like this panicked feeling coming over. And I would just go sit in my car and listen to music for the rest of mass until, you know, I, and then I would go home and tell my dad, yeah, I went to church. Right. And, and um, it was, it was this really kind of a uh, uh, this really difficult period of just not feeling cared for by God and not feeling cared for by my, my faith community, even though obviously God loves me. Right. And, and I feel like my faith community loved me. Um, But that time is also kind of interwoven with these experience, uh, experiences of realizing that I wanted to, um, I wanted to continue to have the fun that I had in youth group. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to continue to encourage others to have that fun. And then, uh, also experiencing mission trips right and and um uh really experiencing like you know helping others and 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 diving into that uh that call of discipleship in a in a very uh, a very tangible way right and so um i started uh, i started going on these different mission trips and and uh went with my with my home parish back in Lake Jackson Texas um on on several of those and uh, as I got into kind of, kind of left my hometown and got into youth ministry and, um, was, was again, you know, sl- slowly kind of coming to this realization that, um, that I needed, uh, I needed connection outside of just myself, right. I, I needed other people to be connected to God with, right. and that was a big piece of, of, um, of encountering God that I was, that I was missing. Right. And, and I wasn't thinking about it in like terms of have I encountered God, but I knew that there was just some kind of peace missing, which I think we can all kind of relate to. Yeah. And I remember, um, I was at the first parish that I worked at in college station and we went on a mission trip, um, with my, my home parish and I took a few of our teens and, um, Uh, It's like a week long thing. You, you put on a VBS, uh, it's in the Rio Grande Valley, which if you don't know is, um, mission McAllen Harlingen Brownsville area. Okay. Okay. Um, we put on a week long VBS for for, uh, kids in the area from like three to eighth grade. It was really cool. It was free. It was really neat. And then we, um, in the afternoons that, that would be in the morning. And in the afternoons over this five day period, uh, we would, we would repair people's homes like, Mm. like people in the the colonias, um, people that really can't afford, much right, the you know very very right. poor poor people, a lot of them Im- immigrant families, um, just doing basic repairs to their homes, painting things like that, and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this story of where where I first kind of um, you know outside of the sacraments, outside of of mass, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, mm-hmm. but I first really felt like, okay, God is really really present and He wants me to to learn something, um, and this was like a big kind of lightning bolt moment in my mm-hmm. life, and. Um, so we were, we were working on this woman's house and, uh, it was her and her husband and her two kids. Her two kids, uh, were like, you know, like five and three, something like that. They both came to our, to our Bible study, uh, or our, our, our VBS, I'm sorry. And, um, they had a great time. They were wonderful where, you know, the kids would show up in the afternoon when the work crew got to their house and they were really excited. And, you know, the, the mom always had like, um, just this huge smile on her face. She was so welcoming to us. The dad always had some kind of fruit cut up for us, right, watermelon or papaya or mango or something great. And um, right about Wednesday, um, the the mom, uh, so this is in the middle of that week, we're doing all these repairs to the house, and the mom comes out, and she's kind of talking to um, uh, some different, different folks in our group that, that could speak Spanish, right? And, and she tells us, um, you know, that, that she's really worried because her husband's actually really sick. And the reason that he wasn't uh, employed, the reason that he was able to be home was because he had uh, very advanced colon cancer and that they they had no insurance. They didn't really have any access to healthcare other than, you know, things that, that are, are free, free clinics, stuff like that. And so he was really kind of waiting to to pass away. Like that was really kind of the situation they were in. And she had had to talk to their kids about it and their kids were aware and, and they were all kind of trying to make the most of it. And I just remember thinking like, I have nothing to complain about. Like, like, I can remember in that moment, the look on her face. She was so, she was smiling as she was telling us this story and talking about how grateful she was that we were here and different things. And, and so I remember, you know, on a mission trip like that, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is always kind of tough. It's like you're doing the same thing every day. It's hot. Yeah. Right. And, and that kind of gave me the boost that I needed to, to really have a positive attitude mm-hmm. for the rest of the week. And, and Friday comes around and um, something really incredible uh, happened. Um, and I was, um, so, so on, on these mission trips, very often the families that we're working for, um, it's very important to them that they get to, to say thank you in Mm -hmm. some way that they get to show their gratitude. And so often what will happen is you'll show up on Friday expecting to finish up some project or, or finish up some work and they'll have tons of food prepared, things like that. And so this, um, this family uh, did not disappoint. They had tons of food prepared. Our, our crew leader, got, uh, a good friend of mine named Mike, he you know, made sure that we all sat down around their kitchen table, because that's mm-hmm. where they wanted us. And yeah. we ate dinner, or uh, I guess ate lunch. And um, she was just you know, so excited to feed us. The mom was so excited to feed us. And the little kids were serving us and asking us if we wanted more of this or that. And it was just, it was just really beautiful. And if that wasn't enough, um, kind of in the middle of this meal, uh, Mike leaned over to one of our teens who spoke Spanish and asked her um, to ask the the um, uh, the mom of this family um, if she wanted an air conditioner, if she wanted like a little window oh, unit air wow. conditioner, because we had some money left in the budget. And um, it's the kind of thing where if you don't spend the money, you'll lose it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we, you know, and then he, so, so this young lady goes to ask her and Mike, Mike says, you know, he stopped her and he said, actually tell her we have two, we have two, we have enough for two window units and does she want them, you know, installed? And so this young lady asks this mom, um, you know, in Spanish, would you like us to install a couple of air conditioned window units? And the mom was standing up kind of at the corner of the table and I'll never forget just her face completely fell and she just crumpled to the floor and she was crying and, you know, crying and she was saying things. But, I, you know, even with my, my limited Spanish, I couldn't really mm-hmm. understand what she was saying. And the girl who had asked her the question, the Spanish speaker who had asked her the question, was also crying. And Mike and I were looking at each other like, what's what? happening? Like, yeah. what's going on? What did we do wrong? Like, did we, you know? And finally, she slowed down enough for us to be able to understand that um, she said that she had been, uh, ever, ever since she was a little girl, she wanted her children to grow up in a house with air conditioning and that she had been praying that that was part of her prayer every day what? since she since she was a teenager since well before her her children were born that that she'd been mm. praying for air conditioning and i just remember this feeling of um of total like like sort of abject humility at the same time like coupled with total power like like the power of like knowing that I was part of the, this, this Mm -hmm. instrument of this group, right. And being part of this instrument of God, but being so humbled by that because God was answering prayers and, and, um, you know, like doing things so far beyond what I could have thought imaginable. Like I'm showing up with like a hammer going, okay, I'll, I'll fix the siding on your house. Like, like, and that's it. Right. But it turns out this person has been indirectly praying for me and praying for this group of of missionaries without even knowing it Mm -hmm. for 30 years right at that point um it was just the most uh it it was one of the most incredible experiences of encounter i could just feel god and i could feel you know um i i i heard it put one time that that when you have an experience like that sometimes you feel like you know you've heard the story of the the uh, in the bible where Uh, Jesus spits on the on the clay right Mm -hmm. he makes mud with the spit and then he wipes the the blind man's eyes right I felt like the mud on Jesus's hands like that's like I was that in that equation yeah Yeah. and and just feeling so you know cared for and connected and and at the time like just in complete love with with God Mm -hmm. right and I didn't realize it until many years later, uh, I met friends like Nikki in a community called tech, which I'm sure we'll also talk about at some point. Uh, I didn't know to give it a name until years later, that name of like encounter. encounter. And so, um, that's my encounter story. I want to, uh, encourage, you know, I want to encourage everyone that's listening. If you've had, if you have a story like that, if you don't, um, to, to, to continue to be seeking those kind of encounters with God, and we're going to kind of talk about um, some ways that you can kind of make that happen, um, or maybe even be working on that, or um, just just give you just give you some ideas here mm-hmm. at the end of this at the end of this podcast. Um, Nikki, I, I I would love you know if you've got do you have a story of encounter to share I that do. you'd like to share?
1: It doesn't go that far back because I feel like I'm um, just starting to reexamine my life and um, kind of take inventory of where I've seen God and experienced encounter. So for me, it's going to be um, fairly recent. Um, so I think one of the things that you talked about um, in your story that struck me was the idea of God not being limited to time and space that. So she's been praying for this since she's a young girl and, Um, years later she's seeing divine providence just kind of show himself to her and you get to be a participant in that and I just um there's so much beauty in that and uh so for me my experience definitely I come from a big Italian family so my experience of God my experience of encounter um is not by myself it's in groups so um for me taking that time to step back and be with God can feel intimidating and mm-hmm. scary but um I'm learning to to do that because he is there and has lots to say to me mm-hmm. and, if and, I just and, be still and
0: God is, <laughs> God is God is very scary like if you're if you're listening and God mm. is scary to you um join the it's a, join the club yeah, right, yeah
1: it's a real thing because you know and that's kind of me and us acknowledging um his greatness. And, and that's a good thing. Uh, so my encounter, um, I go to St. Ignatius Catholic church in Austin. It's in central Austin, but just prior to that, I was at a, another church that was closer to where I live and just, um, didn't feel connected in a way that I had in my youth in my, um, I'm from the new Orleans area and, not only is my family big and Italian and Catholic, the whole New Orleans community is, I know not everybody in New Orleans is Catholic, but it felt like everybody in New Orleans is Catholic. Sure. So, um, moving to Texas, uh, was a little bit of a culture shock, um, in, in meeting, um, many people in my, in my everyday life who, um, were not aware of the beauty and truths of the catholic church which which was a little baffling to me and kind of shook me um so where i would go for encounter and engagement in expressing my faith and living my faith um, would be church but i was struggling finding that where i was and um my prayer has always been to be in community and experiencing God within, um, within groups, because it's where I'm most comfortable, which I guess is. Okay. And good. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's great. I yeah. mean,
1: I think, yeah, we all kind of find our comfortable spot with God mm-hmm. in different places. For me, it's in community, mm-hmm. um, which is why you mentioned tech. Yes. Um, that's where I first encountered God. And I was, I feel like I've, I've kind of been on a seeking path to find that now that, um, you know, once we had, had moved and, uh, in that prayer and in that searching, I, um, through my kids. I'm the mother of four kids. And my oldest two boys had, um, gone on a retreat and there was lots of youth participation and, uh, coming from one parish and, and they just kind of, um, tugged at my heart, bent my ear and spoke to me in a way that I felt like, um, if I sit back and don't um, and kind of let go of my own preconceived notions of what they're saying. I'm hearing God speak to me and where there was a hunger, he's offering me this feast now. And my kids said, you know, why can't we go to this church that has an active youth ministry? And, you know, um, these are the oldest of my kids. So I realized that I have to, I, I have, a responsibility and obligation and a desire to grow my kids up in the faith in a vibrant community. I mean, I know what that was like in my own youth. Um, And so in that, a prayer was answered and I was able to encounter God through my kids, which I don't know that I was ever, um, you know, we talk about expectation, what are you expecting from this? as a mom, I don't know that I expected to, to, to receive from them in that way. So that was a little bit uh, surprising. And then, um, and then God shows up and, and you know, our, our first couple of weeks there, the priests after mass, um, asked who we were, like noticed that we were new and the church is big. It's not, it's not that it's a, a small place. And, um, in that moment I felt so, seen and loved and cared for, Mm -hmm. um, because it was, I was looking for community and I didn't realize that what I really wanted was to be seen by God. And, um, I just felt so, um, brought to my knees in, in humble Thanksgiving that I didn't even know to ask for that, but that's what I needed. And he provided, he lavishly provided it for us. Um, And then he continues to give and he's, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I always want to give space to your story as well. But like she was praying for a house with air conditioning. Y'all could provide too, Mm -hmm. you know, And, Mm -hmm. and our God is so good. And it was not long that we were at our new parish that um, you know, our priest sought us out to introduce him for his ordination. Mm-hmm. And I again, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> um, and so to be at it would it couldn't have been something that I would have ever asked for or prayed mm-hmm. for, but the um, just the overflowing love of the encounter of knowing that um, God sees me. Mm-hmm. He sees even the hidden parts that I don't want to acknowledge or talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, he dusts them off. And he he gives me gifts that blow my mind and, and surprise me. And um, yeah,
0: there's there's something I think really, really beautiful. There's like a lesson in your, your story as you were talking. Um, you, you mentioned like having this desire to be to be seen by God and this desire to be, um, to be, to be recognized almost Mm -hmm. to to be affirmed in just your, just your presence. Right. And I I think that's a, that's a desire that we're all, um, that we all understand. We all have that desire in our heart. We want to be we want to be noticed at our jobs, in our families, in our schools. We want to feel like like we matter, mm-hmm. um, for you know, for one reason or another. And and so often in the world, um, not just right now, but really throughout our history, you see people who are willing to go to such great lengths, uh, just to get some kind of affirmation or mm-hmm. attention, yeah. right? And and it seems like when we, um, when we, when we kind of put all that down, and when we really kind of like. Um, tune into god right in a in a in a it doesn't even necessarily have to be a radical way just an honest way
1: it, right it right? can be real organic
0: exactly yeah yeah, yeah. just you know just in just an honest way where we're you know we're taking a little time in prayer or we're taking a little time um in noticing you know my my church is really pretty or you know as, as opposed to noticing all the things wrong about our our parishes or our families or our lives or whatever right. you know, we're, we're noticing some some good things and being grateful for them That's when I've noticed, at least in my life, that, that man, God, God, all of a sudden becomes present. It's like my, my eyes get opened Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I can, I can, I can relate to him. I can, I can be vulnerable with him. I can kind of see him for who he is because he's seeing me, right? Because I feel like he's seeing me and that's, it's, it's just a, an absolutely beautiful sentiment. Also, like if you're not getting it from your church. Go to another one.
1: Yeah, I was really stubborn about that for a while. I kind of felt like you need to bloom where you're planted and there are a Catholic church in every city. So um, I felt like if if I wasn't getting what I needed at my church, then I needed to be the change, mm-hmm. like bring something. And, and you know, I, I was actively a part of bringing a few different ministries to our church. And it was just, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes God's calling you to just scale back Mm -hmm. to be still and listen to him. And, and sometimes he directs you in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grateful that I was cognizant of his presence in, in my son so that I could listen. Sure.
0: Sure. And and oftentimes I think that's what, um, you know, when God brings us these different desires or these different realizations that maybe we need a change, right. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's necessarily saying, um, you know, you have to be the change right here, right now. Like he's, he's, if he's got, if he's got work there, right there, right then he's going to get it done. He's Mm -hmm. God, he's, I think more worried about the change that's going on in our hearts. hearts, You know, that's the thing that, that he's really concerned about. And, and so, yeah, I mean, sometimes the change that you need is a change in environment. It's a change in perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you need like, you know, I, I've, I, I worked at a parish for a while. That's, you know, an hour from my home and there's this long country drive and, all the things that kind of went on in those, those two and a half years that I was working there, I needed that hour every day. I needed that hour with God. Sometimes that hour was really unproductive and I was just exhausted. And I, you know, but a lot of the time, like I I couldn't make it through that drive without, you know, almost kind of being forced into Mm -hmm. this like conversation with God in some way. Right. And, and so God uses those, those things in our lives that, um, that we don't understand mm-hmm. and maybe even things in our lives that are really difficult for us to, you know, Romans 8, 28, he, he, he makes things, things work. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we're going to take uh, a little break. Uh, when we come back, we're both going to share a little bit of scripture and uh, talk about uh, maybe a little bit about what the Bible says about encounter. Sam, good. Yes, sir.
2: Right. Have you said all you can say? Do your prayers ring lean and hollow? all your fear stolen in the light of day when it's more than you can take I've got a shoulder you can borrow now you don't have to live your life this way so don't give
0: So as promised, uh, we're back and we are going to uh, continue our conversation about Encounter. And, um, you know, I think maybe hopefully realizing that we don't have to uh, be perfect to encounter God. We certainly don't have to do all of the work. God is going to do most mm. of that for us. I think we've, we've already discovered yes. if there's any takeaways from our conversation so far, um, which is cool. I hope that's like liberating, uh, news for you. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you're kind of struggling with this idea of encounter or wondering about, um, how to encounter God, um, again, would you like to go first or do you I
1: would like to go first this okay. time.
0: Go for it. Awesome.
1: Okay. Um, I would like to share with you my favorite story in our Holy Bible about um, an encounter with Jesus, so God in the flesh, um, in John chapter four when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman. Do I? Am I? Should so, I? Sounds should I read, great. Should I yeah, read, Just read it. Go for it. Um, he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty Or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, "'Go, call your husband and come back.' The woman answered and said to him, "'I do not have a husband.' Jesus answered her, "'You're right in saying I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true.' The woman said to him, "'Sir, I can see that you are a prophet.' Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and indeed the Father seeks such people to worship him. At that moment, the disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman, but still no one said, what are you looking for? Why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come, See a man who told me everything I've done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? The gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: I love this because um, of how we learn about the Samaritan woman, of what we know about her and just the shame Mm -hmm. that she lives with. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. She's unaware of who he is, right? Because who would who would know, mm-hmm. and and yet she's open to what he has to say, and he doesn't shame her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he doesn't. Um, he knows her past and he knows her sins, but he allows her to come to the conclusions herself. Mm-hmm. You know, and asking her questions, um, and I believe that he does that with us too. I, I think when I am feeling. Um, shameful of, of things in my own life. It's not, um, it's not the voice of God that I'm listening to. It's not, it's, it's the enemy. And, um, I appreciate, um, the validation in, in where I need to, uh, let me say it's, it's a, it's a good role model. It's, um, it is something that I can model mm-hmm. in my own life and sure. listening to him and hearing what he says. And a lot of times it comes in the form of a question so that I have to do that internal um, kind of self check and answer the questions and be honest with myself with, with where I am. Sure. And that's kind of like what the encounter is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's allowing us to see ourselves for who he sees us as mm-hmm. and, um, and then seeing the compassion in his eyes for us in the state that we're in, ugh. Yeah.
0: There's, there's a, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's this really beautiful um, kind of, kind of story arc in that, that reading that you just shared. That, you know, this, this woman obviously uh, is starting out her day, um, or, or, or she's there at that time of day alone for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and we've already talked about community and the importance of it. Uh, you know, women in first century Palestine didn't do anything alone right they always did it things with other women especially those kind of domestic duties and so the fact that she's there alone says a lot about you know maybe that that shame that she's feeling right and and so um you know Jesus there's this really wonderful story arc that as she kind of begins to tell her story um Jesus kind of allows her and invites her to see herself the way that he sees her and it's not colored by that shame Mm -hmm. right and and I think that's um, that's a really pr- profound part of, of any encounter. I don't think that, that you can really have, uh, an encounter with God and not feel as you so eloquently put it earlier, not feel truly seen and not mm-hmm. feel really like seen and affirmed and appreciated by God. And, and, you know, even in those encounters where, you know, we're angry with God or, or where, you know, we're, you know, we're having a big snotty cry and, and things like life is terrible. Right. And, and well, yeah. you know um, even in those encounters like we still I think come away from those more often than not feeling you know God, God loves me he's seen me and he loves me right um that's yeah it's I absolutely love that story too I you know I, I can't it's so there's that you know that particular gospel is just so deep mm-hmm. and so hopeful there's so much hope in there about you know like, just letting God love you. Yeah. In our
1: brokenness, you know, the brokenness isn't ugly Mm -hmm. because it's redeemed Mm -hmm. and, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about the chosen because everybody needs to watch that. Okay. And the, the, the way that this story is told in that, um, series is just so beautiful. And, um, to visualize a compassionate human, Mm -hmm. um, when you're standing there in your brokenness Mm -hmm. and in your shame in the heat of the day, because you can't be with the other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just such a bomb. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's, I haven't seen the chosen Nikki, uh, has made it my homework. (laughs) Um, she told me during the break that I have to see the chosen. Yes. So I will do that. Uh, I will try to try to figure out a way to do that. Um, I want to, I want to talk about, uh, another, um, maybe a little bit of a different perspective of encounter uh in this and i think the two uh scripture stories there's things that we can pull from both of them um and the scripture that i'd like to share share is from the gospel of mark uh chapter 11 verses 1 through 11 and um i'm i'm 99.9 sure uh we we've read this uh either during or shortly before holy week um uh, it was on a Sunday, so the, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, right? Uh, that, okay. was, that was a couple weeks before Holy Week, maybe. Uh, I don't have the exact date. Um, some of you, one of you liturgy nerds out there will <laughs> send us an email, I'm sure. And that's great. I love liturgy nerds. Liturgy is awesome. Okay. Um, so here goes. Uh, this is a reading from the Gospel according to Mark. When they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately on entering it, you will find a colt tethered on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone should say to you, Why are you doing this? Reply, The master has need of it, and will send it back here at once. So they went off and found a colt tethered at a gate outside on the street, and they untied it. Some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They answered them just as Jesus had told them to, and they permitted them to do it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and put their cloaks over it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. Those preceding him as well as those following kept crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is to come. Hosanna in the highest. He entered Jerusalem and went into the temple area. He looked around at everything, and since it was already late, went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now we get this reading in the middle of lent right Uh, and this reading is in uh, i know it's also in luke's gospel i think it's also in matthew's gospel but we get this story of like um you know jesus is doing all of these incredible things right and um the gospel writers think to include like kind of a less incredible thing like Mm. uh wow he knew there was a a goat or I'm, right. I'm sorry, a, a cult tied up in a largely agrarian area. Like, that's not really a trick. Like, I could be <laughs> like, hey, we're in Austin. Hey, drive to Leander. Between here and there, there's going to be a horse tied up somewhere. Like, Go find well, it's it. just going to happen, it's right? Important. Like It's just going to happen. So it, it, growing up, it always kind of struck me when we read this in church. Like, what is the point of this story? Like, why <laughs> is this story so, like, like, we read it every year or we read mm-hmm. some version of it every year, right? So why is it so important? And this year... Uh, for some reason um well i i I have to give a little bit of the credit of of the credit to matthew kelly because he 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 um uh you've heard him talk about the jesus question i don't know if you've ever heard matthew kelly talk about that but he he talks about the jesus question a lot he's an author that i like and so um i I was kind of reading through this and, and reading it maybe with that uh in my mind the jesus question and and this scene of um you know, we're, we're coming out of Lent, right? So we're coming out of this time when Jesus is in the desert by himself. And he's not in the desert by himself because he wants to be alone. He's in the desert by himself because he wants to. And the reason we participate mm-hmm. in that isolation is because he wants to encounter us one-on-one, right? Without any without any of the distractions, right? Yeah. And when he comes back, when he comes into Jerusalem here at the at the end of Lent, when we read about him coming into Jerusalem before his his um, his death and resurrection, again, we read about a Jesus that is all alone. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus was, he was surrounded by his disciples, his mother, his, you know, his family growing up, like he, we have every indication that he was a very social person. Right. You know, he got invited to a wedding, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> like seems like he had some fun <laughs> in his life. And yet, um, in this entry into Jerusalem uh you know when he's surrounded by his disciples he's surrounded by all these people he puts himself up on this on this this horse this colt um so that he's elevated above the crowds the crowds are are shouting Hosanna right when Hosanna translated means come save us he is letting everybody know that he is going to come save us that he is the one that's here to save us Mm. and he's also asking us the Jesus question really directly because if he's there on that horse all by himself you know this is the same crowd that he knows in just a few days is going to completely turn on him and ask for his his death right right you know and he's also asking us that jesus question which is like like who do you say that i am like what do i what do Uh, i really mean to you how how is my presence like affecting your life i think that's the the that's probably the second half of the of the Um, the Samaritan woman at the well, the second half of that story, when she runs off, you know, Jesus has affected her life, right? She's, she's come to this conclusion. You're a prophet, like, you know, and you're a great prophet and I've got to go tell everybody. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I encounter God, that's not always my first thought. A lot of times my first thought is, Oh God, I'm, you know, I know that you're here and I know that you love me, but man, it's going to be a lot of work for me to give all this stuff to you that I need forgiveness yeah. for. Or it's going to be a lot of work for me to just to put on a happy face today for whatever reason, mm. right? Like there's so much other stuff that I allow to kind of fall back in between myself and God. And so I, I want to really encourage anyone that's listening that in those moments when, when you find yourself being confronted with that question, like, please don't imagine Jesus, um, Asking that question, like, um, like he's angry with you, right? Right, Inma- right. Imagine him it's asking, not a test. Imagine him asking that question as he's riding into Jerusalem, knowing that he's going to save you. Yeah, like knowing that he's there to, to you know, cleanse you of your sin. There to tell you that it's okay. There to there to love on you, right? Mm. Um, and and it, I think I think when that's my perspective, again, anecdotally, when that's my perspective it becomes a lot easier to, to humble myself before God. It becomes a lot easier to love myself, a lot easier to love others, a lot easier to just do the things that that God created me to do.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have that same perspective in the sense of when I have the encounter, Mm -hmm. I think I do want to go run and tell all the people, like, you know, we talk about our, our tech community. Well, the tech retreat, you know, like after, after experiencing a tech retreat, I'm on fire and wanting to tell everybody about um, Jesus and and the Savior and and this community that I see him in mm-hmm. and the people who mm-hmm. allow me to experience him in the now in the flesh. Sure. Um, and I guess for me, the the bigger struggle is t- to continue to seek him and encounter sure. him sure. after that excitement Mm -hmm. of, um, a group encounter, because that's my, that's my jam is Mm -hmm. the group encounter. Um, to continue to seek him is where, where I'm, uh, on the struggle bus.
0: Sure. And, and I think that, I, I think those, the, the two struggles, um, if that's what we want to call them, uh, that we've, um, kind of identified there. One is like looking around in the midst of your encounter with Jesus and like, picking up your baggage again, right? Yeah. Um that's that I think that's something that a lot of people do. I also think it's very easy for a lot of people who want to be disciples and ministers and they want to um kind of shine their light, right? It's difficult for them to to get 10 feet out the door and and immediately experience this burnout, right? Immediately they're like trip oh, on man, their baggage. How do I like how do I get back to that place of encounter? Right? right? And and so um there is this need, there is this need uh, to reinforce those moments of encounter with with prayer, with mm-hmm. a lot of self reflection. I think with a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Right? Usually if I'm in a, a place of of gratitude, like if I'm just being grateful, I I don't have room to be sad. Like I don't have room to be angry. You know what I mean? It feels like it's out of place. It feels like it's out of place. Exactly. And so I can kind of look around and say, you know, Jesus, I'm so, I'm so grateful for this encounter. And it becomes that much easier for me to kind of compartmentalize the stuff that I need to work on and to focus on like, man, God really loves me. And he's got a purpose and a plan. And and that's a beautiful thing. You know,
1: it Yeah. is. I'm thinking of, um, Peter in the boat. And just Mm -hmm. keeping my keeping my eyes on him is is kind of the answer to i'm saying this and and yeah i have the problem but i have i know what the answer is too it's just acting that out it's it's living that and keeping my eyes on jesus in the midst of the storm Mm -hmm. in the midst of um seeing my baggage after the retreat, you know, you kinda get wrapped up into the encounter and seeing him that you forget you have the baggage and then you go back to your regular life mm-hmm. and the baggage is, is sitting there at the door and it's hard to ignore. So um yeah my advice am I giving advice? Yeah I don't know not? that I'm giving advice. Why not? Keep your eyes on Jesus.
0: Keep your eyes on Jesus. I think that's a that would be a great topic for uh our next uh, our next podcast. Oh my gosh, would be, we're gonna have a next one. We're gonna have a next one. <laughs> our our next podcast could be um, maybe we'll talk about uh, your church life versus your regular life. Mm. And where do those two overlap, and and uh, you know what can we expect out of uh, out of those lives? Um, you know, yeah. What, what can we expect? Out of, out of Jesus in our our day to day life, what can we expect out of Him in our church life? Mm-hmm. Are those things separate? There's a lot. That's a, there's a lot of worms to get into.
1: There, there. are Did I use and that metaphor, worms right? to. I was
0: gonna say like that's a deep rabbit hole, and then I, for some reason, like I started thinking about a can of worms, and oh, that's a can so of maybe worms. it's a can of worms in a rabbit hole. Do rabbits surrounded by mean, monkeys and barrels? Just
1: as long as there's no birds. As
0: long as there's no no birds. birds. Nikki's scared uh, of birds. Uh,
1: the stuffed yeah. birds. Yeah, the stuffed birds. Stuffed birds or metal birds.
0: Metal birds. Any kind of bird that's not a real bird.
1: And sometimes the real birds. The H-E-B birds. (laughs) Mm, Not the H-E-B birds. The H-E-B birds.
0: um, (laughs) Are uh, frightening. They are. They're frightening. They hang out at H-E-B. They hang out on the the telephone wires Mm -hmm. and like great flocks. Oh my gosh. It's too much.
1: Terrifying. So we'll talk
0: about that next time too, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) We should. All right.
0: um, I think we should close with an Our Father just because we're Catholic and that's cool.
1: Yeah, uh, it is cool. Can we follow that with a Hail Mary? We can. Because that's Catholic and that's cool. That's super
0: Catholic as well. (laughs) All right, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, come,
1: thy will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our our daily bread, and and forgive forgive us our trespasses, trespasses, as as we we forgive forgive those who who trespass trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. evil. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and and blessed blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In
0: the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember to find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast, and not the Late to Church Podcast, just at Late to Church Podcast. Uh, And you can message us, uh, send us an email uh, late to church podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Thank you. day, week, rest of your car ride, whatever you're doing right now. Yes. All right. Peace. Peace. Bye bye. all right thank you uh, loyal podcast listener even though we've only had one episode uh we did say earlier in the episode that we were going to give you uh some tips on um, how to encounter God uh, effectively and practically in your life. And we didn't really do that when we initially recorded. So we're back here uh, to give you um, a tip or two. Um,
1: Nikki, do you want to go first? Or do you go sure, I would yeah. love to go first. Go for it. Okay, my tip for encountering God is uh, comes from an idea that um, Bob Goff, the author, has um, um, helped me to realize. And that is that... God sees us all, we're, we're all in first place. So whenever I'm having some type of um, struggle with, um, with a person or, or, or something's going on and I'm feeling like, um, well, whenever I'm feeling a little lost, I know that I need Jesus and I need that encounter and I need it fast. So it helps for me to remember that in the race of life, we are all tied for first place.
0: We're all tied for first place. Yeah. First place where?
1: Um, in Jesus's eyes of who he loves most.
0: Awesome. Very cool. He so loves Jesus, me most. He loves me most. Yeah. And that's seeing that's great. okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. We can share the platform. That's fantastic. Um, my uh, my tip for an encounter and, and for, for fostering an encounter, um, I think can go hand in hand with your tip. I'm excited How about that. Um, and that's to be grateful.
2: Right? Gratitude. To just, to just
0: practice gratitude. Yeah. Uh, I've been you know, in and out of, of therapy and trying to learn about my own heart and my own mind uh, for a while now. And one of the things that um, whoever I'm talking to, whatever therapist I might be talking to, they always come back to gratitude. And mm. it's something that I found in my faith life has been really important too. It's really tough uh, for me to be um, selfish or for me to be worried, anxious about um, selfish things or, or, or other things going on in my life. If I'm telling Jesus that I'm grateful mm. for Him loving me the most, Him allowing me to be tied for first place with my friend Nikki. How about or, that? Or, um, you know, for being grateful for Oreos or my dogs mm-hmm. or, or whatever it might be, right? Um, so, two really wonderful things. Remember your place in Jesus' eyes, your place mm-hmm. of, of first place, which is the same uh, for all of us, which is yes. incredible. And then just remember to be grateful. Two ways of, of fostering encounter. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Peace. Amen. Peace. Bye-bye. The Late to Church Podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast. Theme music is by The Poor Kings. You can find them on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Take care and we're praying for you. Peace.